Hello and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. My name is Andrew Ferris and I'm so glad you've joined me again today for another episode about the journey of 4x400, the holding company that acquires, operates and grows e-commerce brands that I have the great privilege and pleasure of leading. And I say it's about 4x400, really it's about our brands and about everything I am learning in real time with as much honesty and numerical transparency as I possibly can week in, week out. So if you're new here, there's a whole backlog of episodes about how we've gotten to where we've gotten and the ups and downs and everything in between. So today, what I'm going to talk about actually is a little bit of what I think is sort of a particular challenge of running brands the way we run them. Um, There are ways in which I believe that we have greater access to information than the vast majority of operators out there. And that has all kinds of great advantages for it uh, because of the fact that we have five brands. But I also think there's some real downside and I'm gonna tell you about what that is right now. Well, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, then by now you probably have some sense of, of some flavor for kind of the kind of thinker that I am. I tend to be pretty tactical and 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 my own um, sort of journey in e-commerce has been really around uh, growing brands first at Kalo where I was a media buyer and then at, at an agency where I focused a lot on growing people's Facebook spend and Google spend, that sort of thing. Very tactical approach to marketing about sort of like um, in some ways actually rejecting a lot of creativity. I remember I used to get very frustrated with sort of quote unquote brand people who would would have all of these rigid brand standards around things and they were so concerned that we were presenting their brand the wrong way and the problem was always, well, like, yeah, your, your, your super branded stuff doesn't sell. I wanted to do very direct response, tactical everything, forget the brand for a minute. And um, look, that there there are advantages to that. I, I do think a lot of brand thinking out there, um, at least in with some of the entrepreneurs that I've I've um, engaged with, comes from an um, important place, which is that they have a sense of identity, but is actually very poorly defined. And so it ends up just constraining resources and constraining talent to um, to be sort of the brand doesn't actually have any brand standards. It's just at the whim of an operator. Uh, and, and of their tastes. And that's those are different things, brand brand standards and, and operator's taste. So, um, so you know, there's good and there's bad with that and all those things. But one of the things that that trained me to do was to think about everything in these very tactical terms. I came into 4x400 with the foundational belief that we were great Facebook marketers, that we are great Facebook marketers, that the thing we're really, really good at is growing spend um, and profitable spend at that. And so we've existed a lot in 4x400 built around trying to build around this fundamental growth vehicle of Facebook advertising. And that's not changing anytime soon. We still are, I think, very, very good at that part of the business. But what I believe is happening right now, and this gets to some of the things Taylor and I have talked about recently, and and probably what you've heard me reflecting on a lot in recent episodes, is that that just is less and less viable as the A number one driver of growth. And I remember conversations a while ago about things that sort of ideas that people around me would have about how to grow our brands. And I would push them all off and say, nope, we just got to keep getting better um, at this part of the business, our Facebook spend, um, our Google spend, email, like very core, very tactical marketing kind of stuff. Frankly, not super creative um, in a lot of the ways that people think of creative things that brands do and not like the kind of brand stuff that, that brands do 
that's sort of um, interesting by creating big moments and campaigns. Taylor and I did an episode a while back, sort of like called "Whatever Happened to the Marketing Campaign," and, um, and it was reflecting on stuff we did when we were at Kalo and. And so I have an appreciation for all that, but I've really sort of underplayed um, it because, you know, resources are always constrained. And, and any time I spend on, on thing A is time I can't spend on thing B. And the same is true of money. Any money I spend on thing A is something I can't spend on money B. Or excuse money B, holy cow, thing B. So, um, so uh, I have kind of had my sort of head down around do this, do this, do this. And what I believe right now is that we've now hit a point, at least at this particular moment, and who knows what the future holds, where that is not a viable way for us to grow brands. That, that um, it's just so competitive that for us to get where we want to go, we've got to do other stuff. And so I have pushed against a lot of those things. And, and here at the core, underneath all of that, there's a lot I could say and, and have been saying about what that means for us. But underneath all of that, hey, by the way, really fast, sometimes I, I imagine some people could listen to my podcast and think, dang it, I am, you know, I'm doing all this other stuff and, and I have got to go. Like these people are just killing it all the time on Facebook or something. Uh, and so I've got to just go and make and fire away on that. And there can be this sort of narrative in, in your head, this myth that it's really easy. I'm actually seeing a friend of mine. Uh, tweeted at me once and said, like, you know, this brand is great because they grew the hard way. They did it there, you know, they did it the hard way. And I've thought about that comment since then. I've thought, wait, is there an easy way? <laughs> I would love to know about it if there was an easy way. If there's been an easy way this whole time, that would be great. And I, I mean, obviously, the joke he was making, you know, with me was sort of like, you know, you're doing Facebook ads, but these people created organic following. Um, but what I would say is they're both hard ways. Um, and we were just better suited for Facebook. So, you might be better suited for other stuff. And I do think there is an advantage to what I'm saying here, which is like, do the thing you're good at best. And and there's always going to be a million ideas out there and you have to get good at saying no. So all of that is true and in the background of all of what I'm about to say. But but the other thing I want to say is, but what I believe I've been missing in some way is a kind of scrappiness and a kind of, I must get my product into the hands of of the community that I'm trying to reach, whatever it takes, whatever, not whatever it costs, because there's a limit to that. But, you know, this sort of entrepreneurial drive that leads you to go, I am just going to make sure we become part of this community that we're going to sell to the consumer that we're trying to reach. And, 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 you know, that takes all kinds of different forms, but it's this, um, it's this massive fire to go and just sort of get every little win you can, little by little. And what I'll say is, a company like 4x400 that has five brands with a bunch of shared resources, and our founders mostly are still involved, but it is not the same. We just simply don't have that same mentality as like a founder bootstrapping startup kind of brand that is just hammering away doing everything they can to try to get to the next person and get the next sale uh, little by little and along the way. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to like sort of overly romanticize that either. That's hard work. People, you know, the, the reflections people have about that way of being is, is also that it's sort of costly and it doesn't always work. And there's a million reasons why that's a challenge. But there's, of course, something good about that. And I think we've been missing it. I think in some ways, my team can sit at a little bit of a safe distance from our brands because we have too many of them. It's just hard to feel 
in the same way. I mean, even the way I talk sometimes on here, you might've heard me talk about sort of if we can make the brand work as if that's like an option, you know, that maybe we would just, um, you know, uh, turn the brand over if it doesn't work or something like that. And realistically, that actually is part of the, part of my job. I, I have to be the person who says, you know what, at some point, this brand is not worth, relative to what Forever 100's unique makeup is, I might have to be the person who says a certain brand is no longer worth the investment. Um, and, and so that's reality too. So it's not one or the other. It's just that there's something of that mentality that I've been realizing right, uh, recently. And, and uh, Jacob Sappington, who um, does, who leads our retention efforts, um, he and I have been talking about this a bunch. Just there's something to that that is so good where it's just... Go and make sure that at any possible, um, in any possible way, we can go and reach people. Because what I was realizing today is our products are good. They are. Across the board, they are all good. If you use Slick, it will deliver on its promise. It will be a faster, safer, easier wash than, than uh, other products for your off-road vehicles. It will protect your um, vehicles and uh, and it will make them shine, and it will make it easier the next time. It will be the best vehicle wash there is. It will be. Now, I, you know, like Bamboo Earth, it works. Like, people love that product. They love it. We talk about this all the time with the LTV. 31 bits, I regularly hear that people who buy 31 bits are surprised at how good the quality is relative to the price, especially um, considering that they know that we're not exploiting our workers. And, and on and on. Uh, Genuine Canine, like, uh, somebody commented the other day that it's the, that it's the Gucci of... Uh, of dog collars because I thought the quality was that high. That was a customer review that we got the other day. Unsolicited, it's a a real thing. And Modern Fuel, when engineers get around that product and they really understand what's going on, particularly people who who work with their hands, who care in some way about what's going on um, sort of under the hood of that product, they are amazed. They are amazed. They love it. And um, and Andy, you know, the founder there has built a real following around that. So so that part of the work is done. I mean, honestly, it is. There's product development to be done, et cetera. But the, that part in some ways can be the hard part, that the product delivers on its promise. What we now have to do is live in a, with a sense of excitement and passion around getting that to, to the right people. And that's so much of what marketing, what brand is. There's a drive. And then, of course, there's also um, how you frame the product and how you price the product and all these kind of other things that make up marketing. And, and that's all the, the hard work that needs to be done too. But we've got all of this stuff solved. And what's the problem is so much of the time, I think, um, we've just sort of underplayed this reality. So what we're doing right now to solve that um, is is starting to think more about like, man, what, what kind of efforts could we put in to just, what, what influencer could we reach out to that we don't really think will actually post about us or will work with us or whatever, but like, let's just take a shot because why not? You know, what media outlet can we reach out to that can do that? What content could we create? What, what more creative social, um, uh, posts, you know, could could we do that, that that we think could really actually engage our community in this powerful way and and uh, and meet them where they are? What what's what are the kinds of things that could go into um, to that kind of growth? And and so as you can hear, like it's not really one idea so much as it is a mentality, um, a, a desire and an effort level related to that. And I think that's part of what we need. And what I believe will happen if we do that is that as we start. Um, throwing out a lot of different ideas in a lot of different ways and we start pursuing some of the ones that we think are the most likely to work and we pursue them with passion and fire and this deep down desire to sell the next product to the next person and to get the next product in the hands of the next influencer or the next, um, or the next you know, writer or, or media company or whatever, 
Um, that as we do that, we'll find that for different brands, some of these really start to take and they really start to work. And as that happens, we'll really start to become authentic to the communities that we're trying to reach and create real um, desire and excitement around our brand um, and deliver on those promises in a way that is really exciting. That's the the uh, the hope anyway, is that that's the, way, the place that we'll get to. I really believe in our products. I believe in our people and I believe in our brand. So I think we can get there. We just have to put in a level of effort that perhaps because of the very tactical process oriented uh, approach that we take across a portfolio of five brands, perhaps that kind of passion and fire is not as native to us as it could be. Yeah, this is one of those episodes that I, I really wonder how it'll, how it'll land with you. <laughs> it'll feel sort of all over the place or, or if you'll relate to it or not. I, I don't know. I mean, there's just this, you know, the constant thing about doing this work is that there's just a million ideas all the time and so much of the challenge is around picking the good ones and so whether it's more tactics or less tactics or you know a million other things like i mean i just i'm just i'm just interested i'm interested to see so if you have any responses if you have any thoughts i'd love love to hear your reflections on this how it's played out in you um, in your business and and what you've learned from this kind of approach and what some of those wins are and losses uh, are for you uh, so uh, hit me up podcast at 4x400.com or uh, on Twitter at Andrew J. Ferris. I'd love to hear from you in any of those uh, arenas and on any of those topics. I'd also love it if you'd share this with somebody. Of course, as I always say, it's the ni- nicest thing you can do if it's been valuable to you and, um, and rate and review as well. Otherwise, I hope things are going well with you and you have a great week.